0: Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at qwertywritinglife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, we're going to talk about finding your creative business focus. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do?
1: So this week, I am continuing revisions on One Good Thing, the final in my series. And that's a lot of fun because I'm developing that second voice. Uh, And also the other thing, the other creative thing actually ties in with our topic for today. And I got to spend uh, a little bit of time today. I intentionally took some time today to plan for some ideas that have been in my head for a while. And I put those down onto paper and kind of did some, you know, bullet points and lists and really got to dive in a little bit deeper to stuff that's been in my head for a few months now. So that was pretty exciting. That is
0: exciting!
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, what about you? Tell me about your creative week.
0: Well, this week I've done a, I've done a few things. One of the things that I did was uh, I hosted an event at the place that I work. But the creative part of it is that I actually get to plan menus, and uh, I've got to make centerpieces for the tables and things like that and so I think they turned out really nicely they did some like uh some really kind of rustic grass woven uh placemats that are in this wire f- wire frame and then on the top of it I had like these succulent bundles wrapped up in like a canvas material and uh and then I had some um I had some small giveaway things put into a tiny silver bucket (laughs) so and then the salt and pepper shakers went on onto that area too and they were nice round tables that sat sat about six people each so it just kind of gave it a little bit of a homey feel like welcome come in (laughs) you know enjoy everything and that was fun the centerpieces are one of those things where it can really like hit or miss And thankfully the Lord was with me because it hit this time. And I had I did it like one day before the event. So that was that was probably not a smart idea. But Hobby Lobby (laughs) pulled through. They totally pulled through. So
1: they sound adorable. You're gonna have to send me pictures. I wanna see that.
0: Yeah. So yes, lots of good things are happening. The big Big thing is that I'm going to a writing retreat in September, and it is hosted by Maggie Stievater and two other wonderful people that I can't wait to get to know. And so I will be in Maryland with Maggie Stievater. Yes. Friends, if you have listened to this podcast, you know how much I adore her and her writing style and all of the things about her, and she has kind of been a part of some of my big, even adulthood revelations. um, So I'm going to get to meet her in person, and I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm glad that it's far away in September so I can have time to like grow accustomed to the idea of being in the same room with her. So I'm going to not be weird. I promise. I won't be, well, I don't know if I can promise that.
1: (laughs) You'll be great. It's going to be so amazing. I'm excited for you. I'm
0: so geeked. I like, I'm scared to even like talk about it. Like it's going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) I've been hoping for something like this for a really long time. And when she had to move her seminar from an in-person one in Washington state and it came online because of the pandemic. That was like the closest I could get. (laughs) And it just, it thrilled my soul. It really did. Uh, But, but now there is this and I am so thrilled. So thrilled. Can't handle it.
1: (laughs) And May is, you know, swinging her hair all around for those of you who aren't watching the video. (laughs) that's how excited she is <laughs> it's
0: yes I know <laughs> I, can't, I don't know I haven't the words aren't there yet <laughs> it's so exciting that you can get this excited still at my age it's like it's sick.
1: like when we were kids for Christmas or your birthday or something like that you know
0: mm-hmm. okay I'm done I'm sorry <laughs>
1: So Today's tonight we're going to talk about gushing session.
0: Yes, gush, 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 gush. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's all good.
0: Uh, it's, still, it's still pretty surreal because it just happened last night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm still trying to wrap my brain around all of it. But while, while I try to control myself, we should probably <laughs> keep going <laughs> on this episode. So tonight we're going to talk about finding your creative business focus, and this is something that Joy has already gone through, and excitingly, um, she is going to walk me through a portion of this too, like a little mini workshop. And so we didn't name it a workshop, but it's going to be fun to kind of brainstorm the same questions that she has used in order to create her business focus for this year. Um, So let's give you a little bit of background before we get into the workshop. So as creative business owners, we reach seasons where focus becomes a key priority. And this happens for a number of reasons. Often our creative business is what we call a side hustle, meaning that we have a day job that, pay, that pays the bills and other responsibilities to take care of before we can get to our side hustle. <laughs> so. Um. Uh, sometimes our goals change, or we decide to go in a different direction. Um, also, also certain seasons might require more learning than producing, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Whatever the reason, we will experience a need for tweaking our creative business focus at some point in our careers. And actually, like probably more than than just one time, where we probably need to be thinking about this focus annually, biannually, maybe even more than that. So this will come in handy quite often for you.
1: Yeah, and that's so true. And, and along with that, you know, it depends on every person. But sometimes you might be thinking about your focus on a weekly basis even, you know, depending on what you're doing and what you're, how your business looks and how your mm-hmm. life looks. So yeah. definitely, definitely something that we're going to do more often than not. So in this episode, we're going to chat about three questions specifically to lead us to our focus. And then we're going to dive deeper into what to do with that focus once we have it.
0: So one of the things you should consider is who is the artist you want to be? Um, And also, what can you do in this season in order to get closer to that vision of the artist that you want to be? Um, we, if you have not listened to our last episode, it was all about fundamental standards. And that's so important to think about all, like you need to filter all of these questions through who you are fundamentally as a creative and even as a person. So it's it's more, you can definitely do it just for your creative life, but it's good for your personal life too. So Pop back over, listen to that, and then come back over to this one and be like, okay, now I'm good. We can move on. Uh, another person who has really great insight into this is Dan Blank, and he has a podcast uh, called The Creative Shift Podcast, and in the episode, Start the Year with Creative Clarity. He talks about how he uses a strategy called Creative Clarity Cards. There's a lot of alliteration in all of that. I think I handled that really well. <laughs>
1: you, did. you did a great job. And I know, I think, I feel like he and I are kindred spirits when it
0: comes to that. <laughs> but the thing with the Creative Clarity Cards is, is this is how he prioritizes the things that he needs to focus on. And so you can use this information here, but you can also um, slide over to Dan Blank's uh, website site, his newsletter, all of that stuff, and look into the creative clarity cards if that speaks to your soul. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, because there's more than one way to kind of approach something like this. And, you know, it's always good to look at different things, see what different people are doing, because what might resonate with me might not resonate with you. Um, mm-hmm. and, but what resonates with another author or another creative might be the thing for you. So, yeah, it's always good to have options.
0: Absolutely. So that's the first thing that you need to think about. And then the second thing you need to think about are what are all of your creative business tasks? And just to kind of get your brain moving in this direction, I'm going to give you a few uh, business tasks from our medium, which is writing. Now, this is not going to look just like you're a painter. This might you know vary some but some of the things are going to be the same so the first thing that could be considered a business task would be like social media (laughs) another example would be content like your big content and your small content so the things you're going to sell and the things you're going to give away things if you want to look into two different areas that way uh, taxes and other businessy stuff like that, receipts, etc. Like where are you going to keep your receipts? Are you going to take pictures of them and store them in an album on your phone? Or are you going to get some software that's going to help you with your taxes? Are you just going to put them in a shoebox? You have to make these decisions. So
1: (laughs) I can tell you um, all the things not to do. Hmm.
0: So emails and networking, so like talking to bookstore owners and going to the library and making friends with librarians, things like that. Oh, goodness. Um, events and speaking engagements and sales opportunities like in festivals or setting up in record stores if if your book is about music or something like that. You know, there's, there's ways that you can really drum up some business in that way. Webinars, workshops, conferences, retreats—the uh, the way that you intake the the learning there and output into your creative lives. Market research and also just plain marketing—like how how are you going to sell this stuff? How are you going to get this information into the hands of other people? Managing of your creative team, and so as indie authors, we work with. Um, cover designers, or formatters, or editors, marketers, publicity people, coaches. There's a host of people who help our products come into fruition, and those are wonderful, wonderful people to have on your team. And then the dreaded website maintenance. So (laughs) those are a few examples of your creative business tasks.
1: Yeah. And so that's a great start for a list to just kind of get you thinking about the things that would go on yours. Obviously, it could go so much longer. There's a lot more things, all the little minutia of everything. But Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a good start. you know, just kind of getting it in one place, thinking it through. And so that Mm -hmm. leads us to our third question, and this is where we're going to hang out. Um, So with this one, identify which aspect of your business needs more focus. Okay, and with this, we want to think about the data. Okay, so when we're looking at the data, we're thinking um, very business-minded, right? Emotion-free, unbiased. Like, okay, what what do I need to do? What really needs my attention right now? But there's another side to this as well, and that is going back to your reason why. You know, that goes back to the fundamental standards that May mentioned. Uh, but it also goes back to, why are you doing this crazy thing? Anyway, you know, why did you start this? So there's kind of two, it, it's almost like two sides of the same coin, I feel like, uh, when you're looking at what what your focus needs to be. So let me give you an example. So in my business, I wear the hats of publisher, editor, author, and speaker teacher. While most of my income comes from my editing, I have actually decided to put my, more of my focus on my books and on marketing them this year, which means that I'll be reaching out to readers more than I would be to indie authors. Um, in the past, my focus has always been more driven on the data, like the you know the bottom line, like what do I need to be doing? And this is a little bit more of a focus on my reason why. So I'll get more to that in a little bit. So this has required me to alter my focus when it comes to marketing and content. Um, Also, the time that I spend and where I prioritize my money. So all of these things, um, it changes the way all of that goes. I've also had to consider what opportunities I need to pass up for now and which ones I actually need to pursue instead. Uh, So it just kind of requires a shift in a lot of different ways when you change your focus or switch your focus for, you know, a short amount of time or for a longer season, either way, I think you'll find this. So I'm going to be spending more time reaching out to book clubs and libraries. Um, I've improved my web pages and marketing materials that are specifically geared toward these groups. Um, So this is like your advanced information or one sheets that go to libraries, bookstores, things like that. Um, Also my book club pages. So I actually have easier access to acquire book club, book club kits, <laughs> which can be a tongue twister, <laughs> but I've just made all of that easier for people to get to and to get in their hands, um, with a lot fewer steps. So the next stage of this shifted focus will include seeking ways to reach more of these groups. Um, for instance, I'm kind of dabbling in the idea of relaunching my online book club, but in a different way. Um, perhaps in a Zoom format, instead of a Facebook Live, maybe, Um, the Zoom thing would allow it to be a lot more interactive. And I feel like that's what I was missing when you're on social media, which is great, but it's just me talking. And yes, people can comment, but this would be actual back and forth banter sharing of books. So that's one of the specific things. And um, I told you I was going to come back to the reason why. So there's actually a few reasons for altering this focus. First, as an author, my first desire is for readers for my stories. While editing funds my writing, I also realized that my book sales aren't going to grow until I exponentially grow my readership. So There's the data part actually coming back in here. It's not just emotion. (laughs) So the steps that I take now to boost my reader reach will add in book sales of my currently published books and the two that come out later this year. It's also going to put me at a much greater advantage straight out of the gate for my next series of books um, than I had for this current series. So finally, I have to be true to my original intent and in the beginning of this crazy, crazy journey that I took, all I wanted to do was to write and publish books to be read by amazing readers around the world. And so I have to be true to that original vision and that goal and desire and dream of mine. So there we go. That's how little example of how my focus has um, shifted just a little bit coming into this new year.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's like pretty detailed and a bit vulnerable too, because you're sharing your why with the world and trying to figure out how all of this fits in together. So thank you for that. Um, This flows really, really well into our deeper dive into that focus. Once we have it. (laughs) So here are some more questions that help Joy identify some tangible action steps to support her focus. These are ones that I have not actually answered yet. So hmm, I wonder what workshop. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) So first of all, um, she answered the question, who is your audience for your designated focus? Then the next question would be. What is your product or your content? And finally, how will this focus affect your audience? And how can you drive the benefits of this focus to them? I love these questions.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you do. (laughs) (laughs) I think that they're good questions. And I think that they can be tweaked and altered for whatever medium you happen to be creating in. So, Mm -hmm. Um, these are the questions that helped me kind of fine tune my focus for this year. So now that I've given my example, um, we're going to revisit these three questions and I'm going to actually ask them to May. So on the spot, she is going to be answering these and thinking through this for herself. So, um, first of all, let's go back to that, that third question the one about focus. So Mm -hmm. identify which aspects of your business needs more focus.
0: Yeah. So this is one that I actually had a little bit beforehand. So I was able to have a few minutes of thought behind this one, which I'm glad because I feel like this is one that you probably need to have some in-depth thought. (laughs)
1: True. true.
0: Um, So thank you, Joy, for being my business coach. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I add that to my list of of questions? roles. (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally. I'm going to use this for my business plan. Absolutely. So yes, (laughs) put that on your task list. (laughs) But, but as I was thinking about like where I am in my author journey and all of that stuff, I really hate to say author journey, but there's really not a better phrase for it. So, um, I don't know. I'll have to think about it.
1: adventure.
0: Ooh, I did author <laughs> and adventure. it's alliterative. Mhm. I um yes, I do. Wait, her that pencil. You on love her. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a piece of paper here and I have a pencil because I'm going to take notes about this thing. But um, so I was thinking about this a little bit, and I have currently two books out. So uh, I've jointly written a book about critique partners with Joy, and so that's a nonfiction book. And then my second book is a poetry book. So two different genres, two different pen names. And so what I really feel like I need to focus on is act- the actual writing, like producing content in order to reach an audience with. So that's going to be my focus, writing more. And because I have the job that I have, and I have two wonderful children and a sweet husband and a pup that needs my attention as well. Oh, you know, he's asleep. He's so cute.
1: He is he's just the most cute. precious
0: thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's very new. He's like six months, seven months old. And um, he's adorable. I'll have to take a picture later and send it to you. But, <laughs> but uh, that's going to be a bit difficult because writing takes time. And time is something that I'm a short supply of. So I know that there are things that I'm doing now that I probably could poten- potentially cease and desist, and put some time, some really dedicated time to the writing. I just don't know where yet, but we'll figure it out maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a long way of saying the focus is going to be writing more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there we go. So we have something in common.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, we do.
1: And so I guess I have to ask because you write poetry, but you also write fiction. So mm-hmm. do you have, and nonfiction why do I always mm-hmm. forget that? Like you are like the trifecta. So- we did that together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's really sad. And there's That's more. We've like,
0: we've already planned out more books. It's like selected amnesia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> but anyway, since you, since you write in different, um, genres, um, hmm. which one, is there one in particular that you're wanting to focus on in this season? And even if you have more than one, I think just for the purposes of this, like maybe let's focus on one in particular to kind of brainstorm yeah. through like some of the, the deeper stuff with that focus.
0: I I do have a focus and yes. The answer is yes. I have a focus, (laughs) and I've actually started working on a fiction novel already. But I also want to work on short stories because I want to get better at writing fiction. So poetry comes naturally; it's just something that has happened ever since I was young. And nonfiction actually is—it's not quite as difficult as fiction is for me because I've been so used to. I had four years of actually. I had six years of college that <laughs> I was able to really pump out some nonfiction uh, papers and things like that. But also, whenever you are passionate about a nonfiction topic, it just seems like it flows. You know, you have all these things that you want to say, and you know the topics you want to speak on, and you know your ideas about that. You know where it's going. With fiction, it's more of an adventure and a bit of a mystery for an author, I think. Even if you have a timeline and an outline and all of these things, it can still surprise you. <laughs> So I want to I learn more about
1: fiction. <laughs> well, that is a good focus. I like that. So with that in mind then, so more focus on writing, specifically the fiction, mm-hmm. um, I think these first two questions really mm-hmm. kind of go together. They kind of intertwine mm-hmm. a little bit. So I'm going to ask them both at the same time. So who is your okay. audience for your designated focus and what is your product or content?
0: Okay. My audience is a bit of a mystery as well, because I don't have a fiction audience as of
1: yet. Well, then that's a perfect starting point, because right. every author starts there. So that can be part of your focus, potentially, is as you're writing. And I'll be honest, because I I did a lot of things in not the right order okay so I can speak to this um, a lot of people like Dan Blank for example talks about how you know some of the things that you should know much earlier on in the process even in the writing process and one of those things is who is your ideal reader so if you kind of start getting some ideas of who your book is like You know what other books are similar. Um, He has this whole system, actually. Just go to his website; it's the best. Um, Okay. And he does. He's been doing some uh, workshops on Fridays at lunchtime. Maybe he'll do some of those again. And then also his podcast, of course. But uh, and I'll put that in the show notes. It's We Grow Media is the name of his website. But he and I've heard a number of other people talk about this, but finding your ideal reader does take a lot of research. It does take a lot of looking into those comp titles and things like that, but you're basically, um, and I've heard some use the term avatar. Like you're actually like making a little avatar of who your ideal reader is. Like you're going to find out things about this person. Like what do they do? Like what are their hobbies? Like even things like that, that you wouldn't think, why do I need to know that? But it, it helps you picture that one person as you're writing and as you're polishing and as you're thinking about marketing and all of these things. So that could potentially be a part of your focus during this time as you're writing. I saw a light bulb.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have a friend. Her name's Catherine. I think she's my avatar.
1: perfect
0: (laughs) yes I can see I can I'm starting to I'm starting to ponder
1: and see I can see on this side where having a person in mind when Mm -hmm. I was writing would have helped with some things like you know envisioning that particular reader with that book in their hands Um, so even in the early drafting stages not to mention later when you're actually thinking about, okay, what's my marketing plan going to be to launch this, you know, but in those early yeah. stages, so.
0: I love it. The, the hard part is going to be, like, we have the same sense of humor, and so things that we think are funny might not might not be <laughs> universal. So that's going to be the hard part, I think, but that's okay. We can, we can work on that. <laughs> that comes later when pen comes to paper.
1: There you go. <laughs> and beta readers help with that, too, down the road, so.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. So I have an, I have an audience-ish, maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> or you at least have an idea of where you're going to go to to figure that out, and mm-hmm. some things that you're going to do. You mentioned the short stories.
0: Yes. So, um, so I want the short stories to practice craft, but I also would love for them to somehow be reusable, or edited to be reusable at
1: yeah. some point. So. And that could potentially be something, you know, to kind of put out there and start finding some readers to start nibbling, and that can help you fine tune that ideal reader as well. So.
0: Yes. So, um, the town where my my male main character comes from is called Weathermark, Tennessee. So, I really kind of want to do uh, some short stories from the community in Weathermark. I just love the name, and I, 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 do do I can too. see it in my. <laughs> I can see it in my head. And um, so the male main character has a sister um, and she intrigues me. And also there's this guy who raised them who um, has no relation to them at all. He just, you know, they were left at the hospital because they're twins and they, the mom just kind of split. And this was the, the guy that the mom was engaged to and just a really good guy. And then when the mom split... He took the babies home, and was like, and raised them. So, I want to know what happens to him. Like, does does what what happens to him? I just want to know what happens to him, and to the sister because she has a very interesting story as well that involves her brother. So, it's part of the backstory for him. And I want to flesh that out a little bit more, too. So I don't know if that's going to be a novel or a novella or uh, a short story, but I think a short story is a good place to bring Lark into life Mm -hmm. and see if there's more, if her voice is strong enough and the situation is strong enough to merit something more than a short story. Yeah,
1: that's cool. Well, you've got a good start with those two. Um, So products and or content and your mm-hmm. audience. So finally, how is this focus going to affect your audience and then how can you drive the benefits of this focus to them? Um,
0: how's it gonna affect them? Can you kind of talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, um I can give you an example of kind of how I honed in on a certain part of my f- focus. Maybe that'll help a little.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. I I think a big thing for me was thinking about the ever-changing algorithms on social media <laughs> and a little bit of the fear of censorship just on the World Wide Web in general, honestly. But ownership of my platform became so much more important to me this year. So what does that look like, given my focus, focusing more on the writing and Interacting with readers and stuff like that. I want to consciously be funneling people to the websites that I own Above other sites not that I'm gonna leave social media or you know all these other different things But I want to really draw people into the thing that I can control Um, so at the same time I am also focusing on building committed readers by guiding them to for example subscribe to my newsletter, you know, because that's something that I have that direct connection to them. They've literally given me their email address and said, "Yes, you may email me in my inbox." So I have that direct connection and I want to bring more people into that because for the most part, um people who subscribe Are people who really are genuinely interested in what you have to offer. So there's that. Um, One of the, just to get a little bit more specific, to just kind of help think this through, is I always used, um, or not always, but I started to use link trees. And I know that there are a lot of other sites where you can do this, but basically what it is, is I call it the one Link to rule them all. <laughs> it's this one link that you can put up in the bio of your social media platforms, and people click that one link, and then it sends them to a list so they can go and they can, if they want to subscribe to your um, newsletter, they can do that with one click. They can, if they want to go directly to your website or you know, Goodreads or whatever the case may be. There's a list of things that are right there for them to click on. And so i had been using these and it was fabulous. It was free. The, the version that I use, they have paid versions as well. But I got to thinking, okay, my focus more on directing to readers and I want to bring them in to my website, which I own and control. <laughs> Wait a second. I can make my own. <laughs> You
0: genius you.
1: I know. I'm like, how did it take me this long to figure this out? But anyway, I'm sure a million other people have already done this. But for me, it was like, ooh, look what I just figured out. (laughs) So now instead, like the the link, the one link that I give goes directly to my website. But it's just Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, they have the top things and they can go to wherever they want to go. But it's on my website. So it also has my you know, website header so they can go to all the different pages that are there as well. So Mm -hmm. that's just maybe one example of how to, like, take your focus and really think about your audience, think about what you want to give them or have them buy in some cases, and then how are you going to get that to them? How are you going to drive it to them? And how is it going to affect them? And that might be a little different, too. Yeah.
0: So tell me if I'm going in the right direction with this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So my focus is to write more. And so how will that focus affect my audience? Well, hopefully when I have products to give them,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, it will provide um, a nice story to get lost in, uh, a good narrative to to have fun with, um, maybe a little bit to think about, and maybe even endear the characters to them. Is that what you mean by affect your audience? Like, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm thinking about that question in the proper way.
1: I think so, definitely. That can fit. For your situation, I'm thinking, you know, your... Well, specifically what you were talking about with your short stories, your whole goal with that is to improve your writing. Mm-hmm. So even though that's not as direct to the reader in our minds, you're doing that for your readers. You are improving Mm -hmm. yourself as a writer. So I think maybe that's kind of a cool way to realize that all of these questions and all of these things are going to look drastically different depending on what the focus is, where you are in, you know, that particular focus. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many factors that can make this look a lot different. Yours and mine mm-hmm. are going to look completely different. And that's good. That's what it's supposed to be like. Okay. So.
0: I just didn't know if I was like on the right path there. Um, okay. So, because I don't have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can I drive the benefits of this focus to them? So, I have to attract people to them. To the, the writing, I think. And, and I definitely think that I could probably do something on my website or with my newsletter or something like that. But I also think that... Okay, so follow with me for a second. This might be a little bit... I, I have a point, okay? So let me just... <laughs>
1: Okay, I will trust you on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a point. So I have been sucked in before by the advertisements on social media. I think that mostly probably Facebook rather than Instagram. And I'm not on TikTok yet. I, I hope to not have to get on TikTok. But also I don't see, I, I feel like it's inevitable at some point in time. <laughs> but um, the point. Okay. so. In in some of these advertisements, there's like this really nice picture or whatever. It's generally like something like drawn, which I love. and uh, and then in the comments, it will start telling you this story. And so you read like a significant portion, like the comment's long, uh, very, very long. and it'll take you through this story um, until you get to a point where something, important happens like somebody almost dies or somebody gets stolen or somebody you know like there's some big point and it's a serial so in order to finish it you have to like subscribe to the serial site and that's how you can read the rest of the story basically so it's like if you want to know more it's 999 or whatever you know so that got me thinking that Yes, I would like to know more, but also I'm a, I'm an extremely stubborn person, and so I don't want to I, I don't want to be duped by this marketing <laughs> scheme. So, <laughs> so it takes me a minute, but I have to let it go. But I thought how interesting could it could potentially be as a marketing strategy to, to help, help gain your audience in that you could have this really cool visual in the um, in the comment section. You can start off with your short story, but instead of charging somebody the money in order to finish it, it might be a sign up to the newsletter or something like that in order to access the page Mm -hmm. that has that short story on it. So,
1: um, and you know, you've already piqued their interest, so they could very well be your ideal reader.
0: Yeah. And hopefully I'm attracting readers Mm -hmm. in that way. Even if they're writers too, you're generally a reader first, right? So If I'm attracting someone, even if it's a writer, by a story, then hopefully it will attract the right kind of people who would be interested in what I'm writing and the content and the product that I plan on providing in the future.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that. And you know what I'm noticing and what I'm thinking as we're talking through these things, what you're doing is something that is going to lay groundwork and help you so much when you're ready to launch that book. So those are things that every writer should be doing at this stage, but most don't, you know, I didn't do a lot of these things. You know, there are a lot you of things short stories. <laughs> well, I did some stuff, but like, there were a lot of things that, you know, like there are things that I will be doing much earlier in the game with my next series than mm-hmm. I did with this one, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So while you have your focus, and your focus is writing, and your focus is you know putting out more content and all of that. You've also got a learning aspect in this, where you're working on these short stories to to sharpen your craft. Um, you're also dealing with marketing and stuff far ahead of the game by you know learning who your ideal readers are by um, thinking about how you're going to get this stuff to them and how you're going to find them and how you're going to draw them into you. And so even though, yes, you have made a very clear focus for the next few months, that focus is actually broader than you might think, but it's not in an overwhelming way. Or at least I hope I haven't made it overwhelming by like saying all these things and thinking into the future.
0: Mm, no, no, you haven't. But it is kind of, it does kind of make me sound smarter than I am because I did not intend those things. But that <laughs> is that's the beauty of a well crafted question though, is it not? So if you have the right questions, then you can provide answers for sometimes more than what you expect.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Mm-hmm. So, and
0: questions are so important in critique partnerships and stuff too. So we we understand the power of a question. Yeah. And so I think you've crafted these really well. And
1: Well, and I think too, as you know as creative business owners, we have to be asking ourselves questions often. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about evaluating ourselves often, but a big part of evaluating is asking questions because how yeah. else can you evaluate? Yeah you know? So yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're
0: interrogating yourself, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. No, you're
1: having a friendly little you know, Q&A like, over coffee. Come on. <laughs>
0: it's like, good cop, good cop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until you need, like, the, but you need to get to work.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> so Hurry up
0: before bad cop comes. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I think that kind of, so do you feel like that kind of answered, Um, you've got some answers for each of those. You kind of have a little bit of an idea of where you're going with this.
0: Yeah. I was just looking over my notes real quick to see if I had any further questions Mm -hmm. since I have you in a captive audience situation. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel pretty good about that.
1: Thank you. There always is so much more. It's really kind of cool. I love digging and finding new ideas and things that all go together in different ways and, surprising myself. So that's always kind of fun. So I'm glad yeah. that happened for you too. So yeah. well before, then, Coach. Aw, thank you. <laughs> before we close out, there are two more kind of sets of questions that just kind of bring all of this home because, you know, you want to find that focus, then you want to figure out how to really hone in on and deepen how you're going to accomplish that focus or Mm -hmm. you know work toward that focus so a couple more things just to close out with the first set of questions are how much time do you actually have to devote to these things and then how much can you conceivably accomplish and sometimes it's not the answer that we want to give but we have to be honest here Um, and then the next step to this is to mark on your calendar the days and times that you have to devote to your focus. And you know, it's just it's something about writing it on that calendar that makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, and respecting your efforts enough to actually follow through with what you've written on your calendar. You just gotta start. Let me. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta start, and uh, and so if you give it your all during the small amount of time that you have, even if it's just a smidge on a calendar, like this dust moat on a calendar, um, <laughs> it if you give it everything that you've got during that that amount of time, then. The feeling of accomplishment can help maybe find you a little bit more time or maybe instead of doing something else, you're like, I really want to do, I want to, I want to work on my story or I want to work on my craft or Mm -hmm. I want to work on my medium, whatever it is. um, It gives you that, that push and that desire to work through a little bit more Mm -hmm. So you deserve to enjoy that feeling of accomplishment because you are making purposeful movements toward your goals. And that's a big deal.
1: It is. I love the way you said that. (laughs) (laughs) And that leads us right to our QWERTY challenge, which you guys know what it's going to (laughs) be.
0: Do it and start. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Exactly. (laughs) Look at these questions and do the things that we've done here in this episode. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to start.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So we hope that you guys have a fantastic week.
0: And go make something.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit
0: us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.